we see things the way we are. And so we're going to talk about an eye test. We're going to talk about your eyes tonight. And so I'm going to ask you just to start off, how are your eyes? You know, about a year ago, it'd be a year ago in August, I noticed about three years ago, I started not being able to see so well. And so I went to the eye doctor, and I wore glasses anyway, and he says, well, you're your eyes have gotten worse. Your right eye's gotten terrible. And so I said, okay, well, can we fix that? And he says, yeah, I'll just make your prescription stronger. And so I would go in October, and so he made my prescription. I could see perfect. I could drive. I could see everything was exactly the way it needed to be. And then around March the next year, I noticed my eyes, I couldn't see as well again. And so I'm sitting there going, I don't know what's going on. And you know, when you can't see, do you realize sometimes when you can't see that your perception's off? And, you, and so when I'm getting on uh, Beltway 8, I couldn't really see the cars coming. And I mean, I was a very dangerous driver at that time. And so I couldn't really see the cars coming. If it was bright outside, the light would shine on the concrete and I couldn't see very well. So I went back like within a year, even before my year was up. And, and so I talked to him again. He says, well, it's gotten three times worse. And I said, well, what's going on? He says, well, you're getting a cataract. And I said, okay, so what do we do about that? And he says, well, it's really not bad enough yet. So let's just make your prescription stronger. So he made my prescription stronger. And so that was around March. Well, in October, I started not being able to see as well. So you can imagine how I'm driving now. I mean, it's just, I'm having to get these kind of glasses that you put on that have yellow tin on them to see if I can see where I'm going. And of course, Nikki doesn't drive with me anymore by now. And so, you know, we're just, we're going places and trying to do that. And when it's raining, it's terrible. And so I went back to the eye doctor and this just kept going on. And he kept making my prescription stronger and stronger. And finally I said, that's enough's enough. And so last August, I went to the eye doctor uh, and he says, okay, you need to have cataract surgery. I said, okay, so when I need to do that, it's a very simple procedure. And so last August, I went in one day, they did cataract surgery on one eye, and then I went in later in two weeks, and they did cataract surgery on the other eye, and I'm here to tell you, last year, I can see. I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I can see when I'm driving. I can see other cars when I'm driving, and the brightness doesn't hurt. I mean, I have to wear sunglasses now because it's so bright that I have to wear sunglasses. Now, I still can't hear but I can see, and so we're, we're about halfway there to be able to know where we're going. And so taking care of your eyes are very important because especially as you're seeing physic, physically as you're seeing, you just have to be able to see. And when your eyes are bad, then perception is really hard. If you all wear glasses at all, you all understand what I'm talking about. If you take your glasses off or contacts off, how hard it is to see. And so I'm going to talk tonight, just, and we're going to bring up the question of if our physical eyes, it's very important that we have a checkup on our physical eyes. And every year you're supposed to go and get a checkup. Well, I'm going to say tonight that it's very important sometimes for us to have a spiritual eye checkup, for us to have a spiritual eye checkup to see. Because we look in the Bible, and if you open your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, I want to read an interesting scripture for you right now, because it talks about the eyes. It talks about that. Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, and we're going to look and start in verse 19. He's just giving wisdom after wisdom 
after wisdom. I mean, can you imagine what it would have, must have been like to sit at the feet of Jesus and be able to hear him just teach and teach and the wisdom that Jesus had from heaven. But in Matthew 6, in verse 19, it says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. So that's just, he's just given some wisdom there about store up your treasure in heaven. Let's, you know, reading the Bible, having your quiet time, sharing the gospel with people. That's where you store up your treasures, not here on earth. But then he, it's interesting, the next, in 22, he says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So he's talking about the eye. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. And so he's saying if your eyes are good, your whole body's going to be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so he's saying, he, he looks at the importance of eyes, and he says even eyes are very important. But I think here he's really kind of probably talking about our spiritual eyes. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. I'm going to talk about our spiritual eyes. Have you had a checkup lately on your eyes and your spiritual eyes? And I want to help us because I believe in a walk with Jesus. Whenever you have a walk with Christ, you're going to run into different times in your life that aren't so good. You're going to have some times that are great, and you're just going to have troubles along the way. The Bible says that. And so how we look at that and the perception that we have with that is very important in our life. What are we going to do and how are we going, what are our eyes going to be focused on? Our spiritual eyes and even our physical eyes too, but our, our spiritual eyes, what are they going to be focused on in times that come into our life that are hard times? And so what I'm going to do today and tonight is basically talk, just, we're going to take an eye test. And we're going to talk about places and ways that our eyes can get messed up and then what we can do to try to help that. And so number one, if you have your uh, sheet right there, you can put number one, it says this, sometimes our eyes are downcast. Sometimes our eyes are downcast and they make our vision blurry. Remember what I said at the very beginning of what this video said? It said, we see things the way we are. And so sometimes when we're downcast, sometimes when we get down and we have problems in our life, many times if we're not careful, our whole perspective on things change. Have you ever noticed that? If you see someone that's angry, their whole perspective on how they see things change. We look back in the Bible and as early as Genesis, and in Genesis it has Cain who the God didn't accept his offering. And it says in the Bible that Cain was very anger, angry and despondent. He was downcast. That's what that word means. That Hebrew word is talking about he was angry and he was despondent, which means he was depressed. He was, and so Cain was walking around his eyes, his spiritual eyes and his physical eyes, he was downcast. And so he was so angry and he couldn't see the right, he couldn't justify and couldn't see the right way to see things that Cain got so angry that Cain ended up killing his brother because he was so downcast and despondent. And see, many times in our life, we get downcast. Whether Downcast 
The word basically means this. Sometimes we're not happy. Have you ever been not happy sometimes? Sometimes we're not happy. Sometimes we're not very confident with what's going on with situations. Sometimes we're not very hopeful with what's going on with situations. Sometimes we're worried about what's going on. And what happens is, if we're not careful, our spiritual eyes, along with our physical eyes, they get downcast. Have you ever noticed somebody that is uh, guilty or, or dejected or angry? Or have you ever done this with your children? And when they were young, you look at them, and you say, and they had done something wrong, and you say, now look me in the eyes. And what do they do? They look everywhere in the room except where? In your eyes. Because they're guilty. They feel dejected. They feel either angry or remorseful or guilt, and and they're downcast. The Bible says this, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? That's David talking about that, about being downcast. And sometimes our spiritual eyes can be down and have a downcast attitude. What causes that? Well, number one, sometimes just the stress of life. There are things that happen in this life, and they get to us. Everybody's stress is different, but stress is still stress. And the Bible talks about that we're supposed to focus on Jesus, but when stress comes into our life and things happen in our life, whether it's with family or whether it's with friends or whatever situation you may be in, and there's stress that happens in your life, sometimes our disposition or our eyes, we get downcast. We start to get worried or we start to get depressed, and our eyes go down. But not only that, our spirit goes down. And when our spirit goes down, like I said, what happens is it hurts our perspective perception, what we can see, just like I couldn't see very well driving. That's the same thing happens to us when we have stress in our life. If we're not careful, the decisions we make are not wise decisions because we're downcast. Sometimes if we can have sickness and disease, and if you've ever been sick or had a disease, you know how panicking that is to you as an individual if you have that inside of you. And, some, and so it makes you downcast. It makes you worried. It makes you anxious. And there's got to, you know, and so what happens is many times you see people that are just discouraged and depressed because they're sick and they have disease. You know, we look in the Old Testament and you look at Job like that. Now, Job was a very faithful person, but you read the book of Job and with all the stuff that he had going on with him, he was downcast. He was depressed many times, and he was downcast. And then on top of that, Job had his friends kind of attacking him at the same time. And so Job had a very big temptation at that time in the book of Job, whether to put his eyes and focus on Jesus or whether this downcast that was happening to him, whether he was going to make some unwise decisions. I'm just saying this for your eye check today. If you're under some type of stress, or if you have some sickness or disease. We have to be very, very careful about what kind of decisions that we make in those kind of situations. And let's make sure that we focus on God. And we'll get to that later in this this time. But I just wanted to tell you one of the eyes checks that we have is if we're downcast. 
Now, the third thing about being downcast is this. What else causes someone to be downcast? Well, we don't really like to talk about it very much in our life because it's so personal, but it could be the sin that we may be carrying. You know, the Bible says that David said, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. This is in Psalms 38.4. So David sinned, and David says in Psalm, his heart, his whole body was downcast, his spiritual eyes were downcast, and to where he was just weighted. You know what that burden means? Burden means this. Burden means you're just, it's kind of like you're like this. And whenever we sin in our life, what happens is the guilt of sin, especially if we're a Christian, the Holy Spirit will not let us go if we're sinning as Christians. And what happens is the guilt of that is so much to bear that we become downcast. And just like David said, he says, I had so much, it's like a burden was on me, I just couldn't even bear it. And pretty soon, if you keep that sin, it just wears you down even more. And it just wears you down even more. And it just wears you down even more. And pretty soon you're downcast in your spiritual eyes, you're not making the right decisions with that. And so I want to just say to you that in times in our lives, I want you to be very careful when things come into your life that stress you out, things come into your life like sickness and disease, or maybe you have somebody that's angry with you, or maybe something happens at your job and it really just kind of gets to you. I want you to be very, very careful during this time because I want you to make a wise decision. And we'll get to what that wise decision is in a little bit. But I just want everyone to be very careful about that because spiritually, with our spiritual eyes, just like my physical eyes were terrible, our, our spiritual eyes, when we're downcast, when we have stress in our life and problems in our life, Sometimes we need to be very, very, very diligent in the decisions that we make. Is that fair enough to say? And so that's really kind of a warning, but also it's just something for all of us to know that that's just the way the devil works. But I have some help for you from that. Whenever you have a sickness or whenever you're stressed out or whenever you have problems in your life, or let's just say that you have some sin that you've been carrying that you just can't let go of, and it seems to be just attacking you, this sin that seems to attack you. The Bible says this in Psalms 42.5. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So this is what it says. It says, why are you cast down? Well, we know why you're cast down. Whatever your issue is, whatever your problem is, that is why you're cast down. But yet it says this, hope in God. I'm here to tell you tonight that no matter what problem you face, no matter what stress you might face in your life, no matter what person may be angry with you or what situation it may be at work, no matter what disease you have, no matter what sickness you have, and even no matter what sin you have, there is hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what that says there. Don't be disquieted. Don't, don't, don't be downcast because there's hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm here tonight to tell you that because Jesus Christ died on the cross, when your soul is downcast, 
when you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you are looking down both physically and spiritually, I'm here to say that the Bible right there, and I believe the Word of God to be the true Word of God, I believe He's saying this, there's hope for you. And that hope for you is through the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. So if you have a sin in your heart that you're carrying within you that you can't seem to let go, I'm here to say to you tonight, you give that over to the Lord, there's hope. The hope is is that Jesus Christ will promise that he takes away your sin when you repent of that sin. And that sin is gone, that sin is no more, and God will give you the strength to overcome that sin in the future. So there may be people here tonight that are carrying sin in their life, and I'm here to say to you, the Bible says this, don't be downcast anymore. I don't want anybody in this room, including myself, let's not walk around with that guilt anymore. It's a terrible feeling, isn't it? As everybody in this room, you've felt guilty before, haven't you? It's a terrible feeling. It rips your guts out with David. It says it just burdened him down. And so I don't want you to be downcast anymore because the Bible says there's hope in the Lord. And the hope in the Lord is this, that he'll forgive that sin. He's already forgiven that sin by dying on the cross. But he'll forgive that sin, and he'll help carry you through to give you strength with that sin. If you have a sickness and disease, there's hope in the Lord because the Lord's right there with you. It is His will what happens with that disease and is His will what happens with that sickness, but there's hope in the Lord to know this. The Lord will not forsake you. The Lord will watch over you. And so the Lord is giving you hope tonight. No matter what's going on in your life, if you came in here tonight and you had a downcast soul, your eyes were downcast. There's just stuff going on that you just can't even explain, don't want to explain. It's just going on. You just came in tonight seeking some hope. Well, I'm here to say there is hope. The Bible just gave you hope in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus wants you to know that he's right there with you. The second thing with this is this scripture. It says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, and into the patience of Christ. So what it's saying here is when you are downcast, when you have a heart that is downcast, when you have sin, you have stress, you have sickness, I'm here to say that the Lord wants to direct his love to you, and when that love, he wants to teach you patience. The Lord will give you patience. Have you ever had a situation and you're done with patience? You're at the end of the rope. And there's no more rope to tie onto that rope. You're at the end of the rope. Well, Jesus can tie more rope onto that. Because what it says is if you turn to the love of God, that's what it says, direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. So whatever is stressing you out right now, whatever is making you impatient, whatever it is that is the sickness or disease or the sin that's entangling you in your life, I'm here to say with, with assurance of the Word of God that if you turn your hearts toward the love of Christ, what it says is He will lift your soul up. Even in a hard time, He'll lift your soul up. The downcast will go away. The burden will be lifted. He will give you patience in your heart, and you will feel a peace. That doesn't mean it will all go away. But what it means is God loves you so much. That's the kind of God we have. 
God never wanted anybody in this room when you have a problem and that makes you downcast. He never wanted anybody in this room to try to figure it out yourselves. You know why? Because we can't figure it out ourselves. Because we don't know the future. And so what are you dealing with right now that is making you downcast? I'm saying to you tonight, there's hope. And turn your life over to the love of God, there's patience. And you will feel a new perspective come upon you. It will be like having cataract surgery for spiritually. You'll be able to see. And so I encourage you tonight, if you're downcast, to turn to God. So eye test number two is this. Sometimes our eyes on ourselves and others, and that makes our vision blurry. You know, you know where this sermon's going, so I might as well just, you know where I'm going with this is that we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, you've already figured that out, right? I mean, pretty simple. But many times in our eye test, in our spiritual eyes, sometimes we put our eyes on ourselves and other people, and that makes our vision blurry. Let's look at the Bible for a little bit. We have to be very, very careful as Christians with our spiritual eyes to turn, our, to ten, turn inward toward ourselves, to want our own way. We have to be very, very careful because we were bought with a price, and that price is Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, we're not on our own anymore. When we get saved, we belong to Jesus Christ. And yet we live in a world that tells us you're number one. you got to take care of yourself. Self-care, take care of yourself. Make sure you're okay. Make sure nobody runs over you. That's what you've been taught, and that's how we've been taught. And yet at the same time, what happens is sometimes we can turn so inward that our spiritual eyes get blurry. You know, the Bible's very clear in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. It says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. The first one is haughty eyes. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lie, and a person who stir, stirs up conflict in the community. But the first one is what we're talking about since we're talking about eyes. When we turn our eyes to ourselves, many times some of us can get haughty eyes. I had, you know, you look in other translations and it says pride of the eyes. I just like the word haughty, haughty eyes. It says you don't, you don't need to have haughty eyes. I looked up what that is and got questioned on the internet. It says this, to have haughty eyes is to have an arrogant demeanor. It is the overall attitude of one's heart that causes one to scorn or to look down at other people. The haughty person sits himself above others and ultimately they set themselves above God. When we are haughty, we become the center of our own universe. Everything revolves around us. 
There is little, if any, concern for what others think and no consideration of the will of God. Pride, haughtiness, is the trunk of the tree from which all other sins sprout. When we are at the center of our world, then nothing that we want is unlawful to us. And so when we have a eye test, the first thing we have to ask ourselves from the Bible is this, is there any place in me? So I have to ask myself, Tom, is there any place in you? Is there any place in your spiritual eyes that you're haughty, that you're proud, that you think you're better than other people? And if there is, what's going to happen is, remember what I said, when your eyes are messed up, your whole perspective is messed up. And so if you have a haughty eye, if you have haughty eyes, that you, if you're prideful, if you're a prideful person, what the Bible says is our perspective is now different, and the way we treat others is going to be different. And you realize if, you have, if you're arrogant or if you have haughty eyes, there's many, many people in your life that you're going to end up hurting. And we may even end up sending people away from the walk with God because of our haughtiness. And so the Bible's saying be very, very careful now in this eye test. We need to look, in our, look at ourselves and we need to realize, is there any place in my life that I have pride? And that's a good question to ask tonight in your eye test. Is there any place that I have pride that I'm sending and giving the impression that I'm better than other people. The second thing when it comes to the eyes, when it comes to this area, is this. The Bible talks about in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And so what that's saying is this, you had haughty eyes, but then it says you have to be very careful in this eye test, and one of the spiritual eye tests is this, do you have lust of the eyes? What's lust of the eyes? Lust of the eyes is things that we see in this world. Do we work and work hard to get that? Have we forsaken God because of what we see in this world. Money, fame, our job. Has that all come before God in any way? And what happens when that happens in our spiritual eyes is our perspective is lost. If we have lust of the eyes, if we're looking, let's say, at money, and all it is is to get as much money as I can get, then what's going to happen is our perspective and how we think is going to be different because everything in my life is going to be, how am I going to get more money? And so eventually what's going to happen is we're going to forsake God in some way or another. But if my focus is fixed on Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean we can't have money. That's not what it's saying. But my focus is going to be fixed on Jesus Christ, and this is going to be something that I do, but it's not going to be something that consumes me. Because what happens to us as humans is this, the lust of the eyes is we just want that. We want it, we want it, and we want it. And sometimes we'll do what we need to do to get it. And sometimes that affects other people. 
And so in our eye test, when we're looking at this about what makes us blurry, it's basically just you got to be careful when you see something whether that's what God wants you to have or not. The way you take care of this, the only solution to this eye test is you just have to humble yourself before God and say, God, I thought I was something. I had haughty eyes, God. I wanted stuff. And God, I just need to humble myself before you and ask your forgiveness in my heart. And God, help me to focus on you and help me to fix my eyes on you, God, and where I need to go. That's the eye test number two. The second part of the eye test number two is this. It's not just ourselves, but it's other people too. It could be that maybe you have somebody that's attacking you in your life. Have you ever had an enemy? Have you ever had somebody that's attacked you in your life? That just seems to just rub you the wrong way and those people and you just don't get along and you get angry with each other and you get mad at each other. You know, there was a man of God in the Bible named Elijah and he had a woman named Jezebel who was going to kill him. You remember that story? He just got through a big spiritual victory. Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. He ran away. His eyes, his spiritual eyes were not in the right place. They were downcast. He ran away. He got to the desert. He says, I've had enough, Lord. This is in 1 Kings. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm not better than my ancestors. And so he was panicking, and he was downcast because somebody was attacking him. And so when he was worried, and when he was at the worst of his life, guess who came through? God. So I'm here to say to you that if you have people that have attacked you, and you have people that are mean to you, and you have people that seem to attack you because of your Christianity or just who you are, they, you know, they just don't like you or whatever, I'm here to say to you, you're in good company with Elijah. And let me tell you something about Elijah. Do you know what this brings? You know what it brings? If somebody doesn't like me, do you know what it brings to me? If you read 1 Kings now and go find this story, it brings me angels and it brings me hearing from God. If you look at that passage, what you're going to see is this. When Elijah was in the desert, he was visited by angels, and then the God spoke to him. So I'm here to say to you that if you have people that have attacked you, and you have people that you feel like are just trying to beat you down, I'm here to say to you that God's right there with you. He's got angels beside you, protecting you, and he's there, and he wants you to know that he wants to talk to you and he wants to spend some time with you. And so when you're scared and nervous and it makes you angry, just, just understand this. Angels and God are right there beside you. And it's almost like they got their arms around you. I'm not saying stand there and smile through the situation. But I am saying to you that you can have peace in the situation because you know that Jesus is right there with you. The angels are there with you. God's with you. How do I know that? Because it happened to Elijah. And they were trying to kill Elijah. 
And so the first two that we talked about, about ways that make you blurry, downcast and then turning toward ourselves and turning toward worrying about what other people think and are attacking us. You know, I'm saying that sometimes that can make our eyes blurry, spiritual eyes blurry, and we make wrong decisions. And so to close this, I just want to do number three. I want to share with you number three. And all it is is basically some scripture for you. Three is this, corrected vision comes when we fix our eyes on Jesus. If this was a test, you would have already made an A and walked out of the class because you knew where I, that's where I was going, to fix your eyes on Jesus. We cannot make it as Christians if we do not learn to fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Here it is, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I don't know what's going on in your life spiritually, in your spiritual eyes, what's causing you to be downcast, whether you have a sickness, whether you have a disease, whether you just have stress in your life. Maybe there's a sin in your life. Maybe there's somebody attacking you. But I'm here to say this. The Bible says you fix your eyes on Jesus. Proverbs 4, 24 and 27. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes, here it is, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. The Bible's saying here that you fix your eyes straight ahead and you gaze. Who do you gaze at? You gaze at God. You gaze at Jesus Christ. And all this other stuff is making noise all around you. But it says this, don't let your foot wander. Don't, don't get downcast. Don't let your foot wander. Put your gaze on Jesus. And all this stuff is still probably going to happen. And all the noise is still going to happen. And all the stress is still going to happen, and you're still going to have to deal with it. But if you fix your gaze on Jesus, and he's saying, I'll carry you through. He's saying, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch over you. And that's in Proverbs, and that's a great scripture. It says also in Psalms, it says this, I left my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker in heaven and earth. So you fix your eyes to the mountains, because who's at the mountain? The mountain is God Almighty. And the creator of this universe loves you. He sent his son to die for you on the cross for your sins. And he wants you to look up, and he wants you to see that he's right there with you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to help you when you have stress. He wants to help you when you have disease. He wants to help you when you have sin. He wants to help you 
when other people are attacking you. He wants to be there because he loves you and he's God. No one else can do that but God. But the most encouraging thing I know is this, Revelation 1, 5 through 7. And from Jesus Christ, who is faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings in the earth, to him who love us and have freed us from the sins of his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests and serve God and Father, to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him and even those who pierced him, and all the people of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. One day there's going to be a day, no matter whether you've put your eyes on Jesus or not, one day there's going to be a day that Jesus comes back, and it says right here in this scripture, every eye will see him. There's going to be a day when every eye in this whole world, all eight billion people, are going to be able to see him. Now, if you're a Christian, you've already been in heaven. They'll be seeing you come down too at this time. But what I'm saying is every eye eventually is going to look at Jesus. I'm saying now, why don't we just make our life better now and turn everything over to Jesus now, and he'll help us in this life and the life to come. That's where we need to go. Don't be downcast. I know, it's, I know things get hard. I, We've all gone through hard things. I'm not even discounting that. We, you're probably going through hard things now, and you wonder what's going to happen. I'm just saying this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Gaze straight ahead. And in those times that you're tempted with what goes on in your life, don't let your foot... Get, oh, get your foot back in. And every once in a while, you're going to want to do this because you're going to want to take care of it yourself. Nope, put your foot back in. Gaze forward. I hope that helps you with your spiritual eye test. Eye tests aren't supposed to hurt, but sometimes they are convicting, especially spiritual eye tests. And so I ask today that if you remember anything from here, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Let's bow our head. You know, you may be here tonight and you have things that are going on in your life. And I've shared scripture after scripture about what we need to do. And I just ask tonight that tonight you just, that all of us in this room, we just humble ourselves before God. And we just say to God, God, I've got this going on or this is happening in my life. And sometimes I'm tempted, God, to take my eyes off of you. So, God, I'm humbling myself tonight, and I'm asking, God, that you help me to get my eyes back focused with you so I can see clear again. I can make right decisions again. Father, I just pray tonight that all of us in this room will leave here feeling encouraged to know that you are our God and you love us. With you still praying, if there's people in this room tonight and you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart and you heard this sermon tonight, you know, I need to just ask Jesus in my heart. I need to get saved for the first time. I need to get saved. 
I have sin in my life. I know I haven't asked God to forgive me. I never asked God to save me. Tonight can be a night that you ask Jesus in your heart and you can get saved. You can say this prayer right now. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins and make me a Christian. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Amen.